what's your story? When you stop, when you think about it, your life, your experiences, it's unique, isn't it? It's utterly unique, more unique than your fingerprints, more unique than your DNA. No one else in human history is quite like you. No one else has lived your life of happiness. No one else in the world has ever lived your life of heartbreak. No one else has lived your life of hope for the future. There is no one like you. And yet, when we hear other people's stories, sometimes they sound very familiar, don't they? There are things about other people's experiences, their deeds, their desires, which strike a chord. If you wanted to, you could make a really good case for either end of the extreme, that either we are utterly unique, unlike anyone who has ever lived, or that we're all singing the same song on repeat. Why is that? Why are we so unique on the one hand, but so similar on the other? Why is it that regardless of culture, regardless of um, time and history, people love love stories? How come they're a universal thing? Why is community so important to each and every one of us that when it's taken away through lockdown that we find creative ways of engaging with each other? Why is that? Why is it that 101 different ways we all live in such similar ways that our stories overlap and intersect? For example, now we're all sat, tuned in to this. And just this one detail that we're gathered together listening to a sermon, our lives are intersecting with so many other people. Why is that? Why are our stories, our lives, while incredibly unique, so, so similar? Last week, we started looking at John's Gospel. That is John's biography of Jesus's life or the closest thing that you'll get to a biography of Jesus's life. We skipped to the end to when John gave the game away. Why he'd written everything that he'd written was to help us to believe in Jesus and to in Jesus find life. I want us this week to concentrate just on the opening words of his gospel, of his story of who Jesus is. John chapter 1 Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Now, there's lots going on in those five short verses, that one small paragraph. Some of it will make sense straight away. Some of it will be a bit more confusing. Let me just clue you into one detail. The word that John is speaking about, very soon he's going to reveal that that word is Jesus. 
a little bit later on, he says that that word became flesh, dwelt among us. That God came in humanity and rocked up and made his home in our neighbourhood. But this is what we learn. In answer to our question of why are all of our stories so similar? Our stories are so similar because we share a common author. Verse 3, all things were created through him and apart from him not one thing was created that has been made. Jesus, the word, is the author of everything and everyone. And in that sense you'd expect to find similarities, wouldn't you? Imagine you wanted to sit down and listen to hundreds of hours of me speaking. You could do that. You could subscribe to the podcast available on all good podcast platforms, some rubbish ones as well, or or our website. This is not an advert. This is an illustration. I beg your pardon. You did that for some reason. You listened to me drone on hour after hour of my preaching and you quickly come to realise you'd recognise the sound of my voice, but but the way that I make sentences, the, the, the words that I use, the vocabulary that I use, the way that I construct arguments and reasons and, and pause and start speaking and all these sorts of tiny little miny, minor details which make my speech my speech. And you could listen to a sermon a week, two weeks from now without knowing who it was and you'd recognise that it was me that was speaking. In exactly the same way, that is the answer to our question of, well, why do we all seem so similar? Why do all of our stories share so many common factors? It's because we have a common author and because that common author has a style. John, here at the start of his book, is trying to get us to think about the start of the book, of the Bible, of the creation of all things and of all people of how God decided to create humanity in the first place. And this is what it says at the start in Genesis. God said, let us make humans in our image, according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. The the answer to the question is, We have these striking similarities because we have a common author. But more than that, all of God's created human creatures have this same template, have this same purpose of imaging him, of representing him, of being like him in certain ways in his world. That's the reason we're so alike. Because we have the same author and the author has written each and every character for a similar purpose. But what do we learn about that author in John's opening? I've already given the game away that um, that author is Jesus, the word became flesh. But, But what else do we learn about him? I think we learn something magnificently important. We learn in this description of Jesus, of God, as the word who creates and as the light who comes. We learn that God is a God who wants to be known. God is a God who speaks. God is a God who reveals. God is a God who wants us to go from darkness 
and, and, and ignorance and isolation there into light, into relationship, into knowledge. The author is an author who wants the characters to know him. Now that's a that's a massive concept and I've been helped in trying to understand it by an illustration I read I think first of all from Tim Keller. Now I don't know if he made it up, if he's taken it from somewhere else then that's up to his conscience to admit. But um, the illustration is this, imagine Hamlet. Hamlet is a character in a play um, by Shakespeare, by the same name. Um, imagine Shakespeare wanted Hamlet to know that he existed. How would he do that? How would he do that other than writing himself into the play? If Shakespeare introduced a character into that play called William, who is a playwright uh, in medieval United Kingdom, Hamlet could know him. Couldn't just know about him, but know him personally. And that is what John is letting us into here. That God, the Word, has come. The God, the Word, has revealed. The God, the Word, has spoken and shone a light so that we could know him. That we, the characters in his great play that is life, could know him and be known by him. Now, there are different types of knowledge. One of the advantages we have being Welsh in Wales is that we use different words. There's gobod, as in understanding, uh, knowing that something exists, knowing what the weather is going to be like this afternoon by checking an app on our phone. And there's nabod, which is knowing someone. It's personal, it's involved, it's relational. Our author wants both. Our author wants our head to be filled with truth about him and about ourselves and about the world that we live in and how it all fits together. But more than that, he wants us to know him. He wants us to be known by him. He wants us to have a relationship. That is a genuinely exciting thing, isn't it? To think that the one who is described as creating all things, the one who without his creation nothing exists, wants us to know him, wants us to be known by him, to have a relationship that uh, here as at the end of John's Gospel is described as life. I wonder how how desperate are we to know our author? It needn't have been the case that he wrought himself into our play. It didn't have to be that way. We could reason, we could understand quite happily a God who makes and leaves and that's the end of it. A playwright who pens the script and hands the parchments over for actors to do their job and stays out of the way. It didn't have to be like this. But God being God, and part of his purpose in making us his image bearers, people who reflect him, is that God wanted us to know him and to be known by him. And went to an extreme length that this 
God, this eternal, this immense, this beyond our understanding and capacity and thinking, God took on flesh, became a human, and everything that that entails, being frail, being weak, being next to nothing compared to what he had been. This author was desperate for us to know. This author was desperate for us no longer to remain in the dark. I think we get uh, a bit of what John is getting at here, don't we? When we think about someone being in the dark, we understand it to be someone who is ignorant. Not, not in the offensive way, but as in knowledge is absent. If you're in the dark about something, you don't know the full truth. We don't naturally know God. We're, we're separated from God by, by, by a distance, by a, by, a, by a kind and a type of what we are. By we'll find out some of the um, rejection and the rebellion that has gone on in humanity historically and in each and every one of us. But... Here's the thing, that God wants to bridge that gap. This author wants us to go from ignorance into knowledge, from darkness into light. That's why the word, the author who reveals, came into our lives. Last week we looked at whether we can accept the Bible as truth, whether we can accept the author's revelation of himself as something that is trustworthy, And I encouraged you not to dismiss it, not to dismiss it just because it didn't sound like how you want life to go, just because you don't like who's telling it to you or whatever. This is genuinely good news. This is genuinely great news. It's infused with uncomfortable things. None of us likes to think of ourselves as being ignorant or in the dark. I can't imagine any of us, when we've come to see that and to recognise that, would want to continue to be in the dark, would want to continue to live in ignorance. The great news is that our God, our author, our creator, he doesn't want us to stay there either. I think this is probably one of the most fascinating uh, concepts in, in the whole Christian story is that when we pursue knowledge, when we pursue knowing our author, we have a hope that that's achievable. We can have an expectation that that goal will be met. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness does not overcome it. This isn't fruitless. This isn't wasting our lives, wasting our energy, wasting our emotions and our time pursuing and searching for something that isn't out there to be found. Like, I don't know, uh, folks heading off on expeditions to find the abominable snowman. Wasting their lives, wasting their time, chasing after something that they're never going to achieve. Know that the hope that we have, the, the, the confidence that we can have, from Jesus, from John, from the experience of millions, 
billions of men and women and children who have who have tread this path before us is that when we search when we turn towards the light the darkness doesn't overcome it we don't stay in ignorance this author who wants to be known will be known and that should be an encouragement to you if you've never really come to encounter Jesus for yourself or if you've encountered Jesus for yourself decades ago that there is still so much to learn that there is still so much to discover about him as a church our mission is to know Jesus more to make him more known because we believe that this is true because we believe that the author wants us to know that our blind eyes can be opened that our hard hearts can be softened, that our lives lived in darkness and distance from God all of a sudden can be lived in light and relationship with him. So let me encourage you just to finish. If you're pursuing Jesus, if you want to know him more, not just to know about him more, but to know him more, if you want to know about yourself even more, as a character in his creation. There is hope. The author wants you to know. There are, there are means, there are ways that you can get to know him more. The Bible, read John's Gospel, read the rest of it. He's not shy. He wants to tell us what he's like. He wants to introduce himself to us. He wants to tell us what we're like. Carry on watching sermons online when we start meeting together in person come chat with christian friends read christian books my encouragement to you is this that if you are on that track if you're on that path if you're on that journey whether it's at the moment having never encountered jesus or whether you've been walking it day by day for decades keep on going because that goal that you want, which is knowing Jesus and knowing him more, that's exactly the same goal that he shares. He wants to be known. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to be in relationship with you. Let me pray for us all as we close. Lord God, we thank you that you are a revealing God. That you are not an author who is content to, to pen a novel and to send it off to the printers and have nothing more to do with it but you want to be known by the characters in your great work. Lord, I thank you that John describes you as the word, which shows us how, how you speak, how you reveal. I thank you that Jesus is described as the light, how that comes and it shines and it dis dismisses darkness. Lord, I thank you that Whatever our intentions, whatever our desires, that is your desire, to be known and to know us in return. Lord, so I thank you that if we are heading in that direction, we can take confidence, we can take courage that we will be successful because it's what you desire to. Lord, help us to be a people who are genuinely looking. Even those of us who have met Jesus, sometimes we can take our eyes off the prize. We can take our eyes off the ball. We can be distracted by shiny things in different directions. Help us to be a people who our entire lives want to get to know you more. 
who want to get to know ourselves more by knowing you, who want to be changed by knowing you, because we are, after all, made to represent you. And when we get to know you, we understand ourselves so much better. We understand what we're supposed to be so much more. Help us to be a people who value your word, who value each other, who value your spirit. Holy Spirit, come help our eyes to be open and to remain open and to see and to know and to enjoy our great author, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.